welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, United Bank, Mylin, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you from the Interaction Media studio in Morgantown, West Virginia, Welcome to Positively West Virginia. Each week we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. Our goal is to motivate and educate our listeners with these inspirational business stories. There are so many positive things happening in West Virginia business that most people don't hear about. We're trying to change that with this show so that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great career and business opportunities that are right here in our state. All of our guests are people who are absolutely getting it done in business in West Virginia, and I'm convinced we can all learn a lot from their experiences and their stories. This week, we're going to learn about Zach Northup and his organization, Stand Watch Academy. Zach, are you ready to get down to business? Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. I'm so honored to have you on the podcast this week to share your story. Zach Northup is the owner of Stand Watch Academy, located in Scott Depot, West Virginia, which of course is in Putnam County. Stand Watch Academy's mission is to teach young people how to conceptualize, launch, and lead their own nonprofits, social enterprises, or small businesses. They're slogan, if you will, is entrepreneurship in action. Zach is the founder of StanWatch.org and StanWatch Academy. Zach is a veteran, an entrepreneur, reformed financial advisor, and a publisher for more than 17, (laughs) I love that, for more than 17 years, he ran his own consulting firm where he provided advice to multi-million dollar companies and small mom and pop businesses alike, helping them discover new ways to reach new customers. Zach has a BA in political science from Marshall University and a master's in European history from the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. I invited Zach on the show today to talk about his organization, to share his story, and to give our audience some valuable insight into his 501c3 not-for-profit organization in West Virginia. Zach, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that brief intro, and give us a little behind-the-curtain look into your organization. Well, again, I appreciate the opportunity for doing this. Um, filling in the gaps, that's, that's kind of difficult, but <laughs> we started about four years ago. And um, our original mission was actually veteran-focused, but um, over a period of time, the veterans that we were working with started working with kids in high schools, and uh, we ended up transitioning from a veteran service organization where we were serving veterans to where veterans were serving people, like community service projects. And Stanwatch Academy was born out of that. Uh, We launched our first... Uh, major expedition in 2018, in the spring of 2018, but we had done five Mm -hmm. prior to that. Um, So, but April 2018, we started traveling with students. We did uh, three more that year. And um, in January of this year, we launched another one, which led to a major expansion. And now we're working with six different schools. at the same time. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's really kind of taken off. So, Zach, first of all, I want to thank you for your service to our country as a veteran. I really appreciate that. I'm sure our, 
our listeners and our audience appreciate that as well. So thank you so much for your service. But I got to ask you, like, how did how in the heck did you come up with this idea for Stan Watch Academy? Well, we uh, like I said, we originally started out with uh, as a five hundred one C three that was focused of all things on providing free health care to veterans who had fallen through cracks okay. in the health care system. Yeah, yeah. And um, about a year into that, we, uh, through anecdote, research, and just basic feedback, mm-hmm. it turns out that only about 20% of the veteran population needs or wants help. Mm. But if there's a common thread that r- runs through the veteran community, it's that we tend to get involved in our communities. Uh, you know, we coach Little League, we get involved in our churches, some people run for office, so forth and so on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we put it out there, look, if you're a veteran or the family member of a veteran and you have a community service project that you would like to do, come to us if we have money at the time and if it falls within our wheelhouse, we'll help you get it started. So we did, ended up doing things like replacing like a disabled veteran's driveway and okay. helping another guy get a substance abuse program started. Mm-hmm. All all while we were, we were still doing our clinics, by the way. Mm-hmm. But then um, the idea came upon us to start doing endurance hikes where veterans would team with high school students and they go out into the woods and they do these long overnight endurance hikes. Wow. And they typically started at like 2 in the afternoon and they ended at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. And, the, and the thinking was that, okay, the kids will learn kind of mental toughness from the veterans and the Veterans might even get like community service ideas from the kids. Sure. And yeah. uh, that's where those five smaller expeditions came from that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, but then uh, after we'd done several of those, I wanted to assign some type of academic product to this. Um, and that's where the idea for Sandwich Academy came from. We picked entrepreneurship and from there we kind of moved forward. Okay. That's very cool. So I want to – I want to talk about the expeditions because that's part of your overall curriculum and experience with Stanwatch for these students. But I I want to save that for a second. Let's let's talk about your 30-second pitch. In other words, what is it that you tell people that Stanwatch does? Our mission is to help kids in rural areas, high school students in rural areas, learn how to conceptualize, launch, and lead their own small businesses, nonprofits, or Mm. social enterprises for the purpose— of lifting themselves and their communities out of poverty. Wow, that's huge. I love that. That that is a great uh, a great thirty second pitch, but a great mission as well. So, talk a little bit about that geographic area that you're mm-hmm. concentrating on now. Is it just in your your neck of the woods there in in uh, the you know Charleston area? Well, the goal is to go statewide right now okay. uh, with the. The current partnership with the Department of Ed, West Virginia mm-hmm. Department of Education, and Marshall. Uh, I'm going to schools as far north as Calhoun-Gilmer, uh, and um, east of, to Nicholas County, okay. uh, around the Summersville area. Yeah, and of course south into Lincoln County, and uh, we're also doing Putnam County and Kanawha County schools, awesome. individual schools, not the entire school system in those okay. counties. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, that sound that sounds amazing. So, and you have this concept to to take this statewide. So, so why the focus on entrepreneurship? Well, here's a simple fact: um, West Virginia has issues. I mean, I've lived here basically all my life, except for the time I was in the military. Yeah. And um, you know, whether it's education or economic opportunity, or 
you know, any number of things. I think you could even trace it to the opioid epidemic, but it all is rooted in poverty and economic <laughs> reality. Yeah. So the only way we'll be able to address all of these different issues is if we uh, build local businesses, if we create a young entrepreneurial class at the grassroots level, at the county level, at the city level, uh, and teach these kids how, that they can start their own businesses and grow them from there, that's how we're going to solve most, mm. if not all, of the state's problems. Wow. So it starts at the at the high school level. And now let's 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 face facts. <laughs> um, generationally, and I'm I'm going to paint with a broad brush. Yes, the baby boomers are done. They're retiring. They have retired. Uh, they aren't in the risk-taking mode. Um, my generation, Gen X, statistically, we are the most miserable generation alive. Yeah. <laughs> we have we have more debt, less savings, um, a higher incidence of stroke, and a bunch of other things. Mm. So we aren't really in a position to launch generation generationally mm-hmm. launch a big entrepreneurial effort. Then you have the millennials, mm-hmm. and again, research has shown that. Millennials are actually the most risk-averse generation alive today. And there's a whole bunch of theories as to why that is. Um, But compared to past generations, millennials just don't have that entrepreneurial bug that their parents and grandparents had. Uh, So that leaves Generation Z. That's the high school kids. Right. And so that's where our focus is. We can – yeah, yeah this is this is great because you know I, I didn't really tell you this uh, in prep for this interview, but the reason we started positively West Virginia is is very similar to what you're what you're talking about, and that is that you know, off, you know I get tired of seeing West Virginia at the bottom of the good list all the time and right, at the top right. of the bad list, right? Opioid crisis, obesity, heart disease, unemployment, right, and then opportunity, and and yeah, there are pockets of entrepreneurship around the state that are blowing people's Absolutely. mind. You know, we're, and yes. we're, and we, each week we shed stories on this stuff that's going on. And it's the, that, that is the backbone of West Virginia mm. business. You know, yeah, it's great when you can bring in 500 jobs for a, you know, a Toyota coming in or something, but the, right. the small business is the engine, right? And right. I love what you're doing with that. I think that is, you're onto something huge there. And I, and I, I wish, yeah. I wish the state would spend as much money as they spend mm. on trying to attra- attract industrial capacity at, and redirect that money and spend it on attracting capital. Amen. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's, that's the key to everything yeah, right now. Is, absolutely. I mean, there, there is no true venture capital in the state. I mean, there's a very, very, very small pot yeah. if there is any. That's very So that's true. what we need. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's, you're on to something with that for sure. And uh, we had Mike Green on um, yeah, last year. Yeah, Mike and our good friends. Okay, yeah. yeah man, he, he, he you know, basically said uh, we had him on an episode. I can't remember what episode it was. We'll have it in the show notes. But, uh, it, yeah, he, he was resounding that same that same cry, man, because it, it's it's absolutely true. And, you know, the, the my belief is, and this may may sound odd to some people, but I don't think the government is going to fix it. It's guys like oh, you. Oh heck no! <laughs> it's guys like you that no. that are and others that are that are out there, you know, really championing uh, entrepreneurship. And I love the fact that you're trying to get these kids involved because, you know, um, I just I feel like you know, especially in, in, in like you were talking about pockets, and again, broad brushes, but you know, there's so many 
so many kids that haven't even had an opportunity to 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 venture outside of the border of West Virginia, yes. let, al- let alone you know think about what could be and what should be for their life. You know they mm-hmm. they've seen you know mom and dad going here to work and that's what they're going to do. They haven't even given another thought. But yes. actually, if you could just shift that mindset a little bit, uh, there's no telling where these these young people can go and what they can do. And 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 most importantly, I would love to see them stay in the state. You know, right? And that's. You mentioned that travel is a significant part of yeah the expeditions. Maybe right, the expeditions. Good. Talk a little bit about that part of the Stan Watch uh, Academy curriculum. Well, basically, we it's a three phase approach, three level approach. Level one, uh, they use a process called design thinking to develop a solid and workable business idea, and that takes uh, well in this case it's September through December. Of okay. the school year, yeah. then January through March, they learn how to present, how to speak in public. Because the thing is, with any new business, it only exists within the head of the entrepreneur. Mm. So if they can't communicate, if they can't um, inspire potential customers or investors by telling their story, then they're dead in the water. So. Mm. Level two is we teach them how to do that. We teach them how to present, how to pitch. And, uh, but level three is the capstone, uh, which is basically like a TED talk. You can't call it TED. Right. <laughs> TED like. TED like <laughs> talk, yeah. And uh, then uh, a trip, an expedition. Mm. And typically they're out west. Matter of fact, they're always out west because there's just a lot of entrepreneurial going on, a lot of entrepreneurial activities going on around Denver, Salt Lake, Mm. Boise, Idaho, Seattle, Silicon Valley. So we try to take them to Denver or Salt Lake. Mm. Uh, But the last group, they went to Denver. Uh, They met with some business leaders there. And then, of course, when they're out there, we have to take them to the national parks and show them a broader world. Yeah. And there's actually a methodology behind that mm. in that, like, uh, some of the – it was an all-girl class, this mm. last group. And it, that wasn't by design. It just worked out that way. Mm-hmm. But we uh, – part of the trip, we took them up into the Rocky Mountains and they hiked seven miles above 8,000 feet through the snow mm. in the Rocky Mountains. And the lesson they came back with – and this was – Born out on the in, in the documentary um, is that they were capable of doing a lot more than what they thought they were. Wow! Yeah. And so That's you awesome. take that that lesson and couple it with the entrepreneurial uh, education, then that that kind of gets us to where we need to be. They're 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 educated. They know that they can be entrepreneurs, and they have the um, self confidence to do it and take risks. That's awesome. So. The documentary is called Unwritten. It's a 52-minute documentary. It aired Labor Day 2019 on PBS. Can you talk a little bit about that project? Yeah. it was. So, again, we were four years old and uh, three and a half when the the Lincoln County group started. Um, And it was our fourth expedition. I wanted to tell the story more effectively. I mean, word was getting out a little bit, but it wasn't like – we weren't as well known. Stan Watch Academy wasn't as well known as I wanted it to be. So in today's world, you got to do it through video. Well, I knew I didn't have the capability mm-hmm. of doing that effectively. Yeah. So I reached out to uh, Marshall's School of Journalism. Marshall's just 30 minutes down the road. And we already had an existing relationship with Marshall University. You know what I mean? Um, and long story short, that we had ended up with eight interns. And so we had a film crew plus designers. 
and we shot a full-fledged documentary and it was it was like i told these the the kid who ended up becoming uh, the director of photography i was like okay i'm not going to tell you what questions to ask i'll set up the interviews and let, like where we're going yeah but it's but it's up to you to take care of everything mm. and they started filming january 24th i didn't see any of the footage until like may 12th mm. and um so all the questions they asked, all the people they interviewed, that was it was all on them. And I can't t- – I mean it was a fantastic job. They – keep in mind that two of these kids were – I call them kids, young men, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, they were graduating in the wow. spring. Wow. So they were doing all this while they were doing their senior capstone stuff. Mm. Um, so <laughs> the, the quick product, the quick edit that they showed the kids um, in May, it was good. Um, but then they gave me the eight terabyte drive full of video mm. that they filmed over five months and I started watching it all and I was like, okay, we need to do something big with this. So mm. I ended up going back and redoing the net, the edit and, um, we did a theatrical premiere here in Taze Valley, mm. uh, West Virginia public television or radio came and watched it and, did a story, and uh, then the programming director for West Virginia Public Television contacted me and said, "Hey, can you show this to us? We'd like to broadcast it." So we did that. Wow, went on air. So that's so cool. Yeah, very cool, man. Great job. And what started out as a, a small project now is just this incredible video, this documentary, and uh, we'll have links to it in the show notes, and people can go watch that and everything, mm-hmm. which, is, which is really cool. Zach, I want to take a quick second just to mention some of the sponsors we have for Positively West Virginia, and they are the State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. It's the support we receive from these companies that allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia, in business for sure. Our guest today is Zach Northup with Standwatch Academy, based in... The is it Taze Valley or Scott Depot? It's it's all the same area. <laughs> it's Taze Valley is Hurricane Scott uh, Depot. Yeah, uh, great. Cologne, so. in Putnam County, West Virginia. Zach, I want to get back into it uh, I, again. I, I think this is such a cool concept, and you know, when when you talk about entrepreneurship and and action. Um, you know, I, I got to think, you know, you started this thing, you know, three and a half, four years ago. What's the, you know, what's the worst business moment you've had so far with this? And, and the reason I asked the question, even though the show is positively West Virginia, I think sometimes when, when we have those, uh, those lows, uh, the, the worst moments, uh, we can learn a lot from them. And that's part of the entrepreneur journey, right? So take, oh, yes. take us to that worst business moment you've had so far with this project. Um, okay. For 17 years, I ran my own consulting company, and then I was actually at a a large financial services firm for four years. Okay. Um, and I started this about halfway through that financial services firm career. Um, if you think it's difficult selling something to a customer where the customer actually receives something in return for their money, mm. imagine asking a quote-unquote customer to give you money for nothing in return then having the good feeling of giving you money Mm. (laughs) and that is that is a nonprofit, and that that was an education for me even though i'd been been in the business world for 20 years Mm. i never actually ran a nonprofit. and um you know when you 
when everybody starts their nonprofit, they think, oh, this is such a great idea. We're, so, we're doing such great work. People are just going to throw money at us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just not the case. And um, so the low point, I don't know if there is a, well, the low point is when it happened every quarter mm-hmm. where basically I would pour every dime that we raised into the expeditions and <laughs> wouldn't have anything left to pay myself. Mm-hmm. And I did that for really a, about a year. Yeah. And uh, that's painful. Um, that's when I really learned the true definition of entrepreneurial passion. Mm. And, um, yeah. you know, you yeah. hear that word talked about a lot within the entrepreneurship community. Mm-hmm. But And a lot of people think that passion is for the good times. And no, 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 no. Passion is what gets you through through the bad times, not the good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you look at your your uh, business and personal bank accounts and your financial statements, and you realize there is no logical reason <laughs> to continue doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. and you keep doing it, that that is driven by passion and a belief in what you're doing. And uh, so I had several of those moments in 2018 wow. where I was like, okay, yeah, this we're achieving some good here, but you know, I, I got to put food on the table. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it worked out. Um, the uh, department of education got involved and uh, you know, some grants and it, it finally yeah. it's, it's firing on all cylinders. That's now, awesome, so. man. Yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing that. I, I really yeah. do appreciate that, Zach. What would you say is the thing that you're most excited about? Stand watch in the future right now. What what's that thing that's got you so excited? Um. Again, I don't think I could. Well, let me put it this way. I have roughly seventy five things that are really exciting to me right now. And that's the number of kids I'm working with from all these different schools. Wow. And I know that okay. sounds kind of cheesy, no, but no, that's great. The, the fact is these kids um, are just awesome. Uh, and I, I got to name the schools. So it's Polka High School, Lincoln County High School, Sissonville High School, uh, Calhoun Gilmer Career Tech Center, and Nicholas County Career Tech Center. And in every one of these schools, these kids are just, they're hardworking, they're brilliant, they have great ideas, and they're motivated, self-motivated, by the way. Yeah. And, I mean, that is what really gets me out, me out of bed every morning, mm. um, knowing that I want to go talk to some of these kids. Like, I was in Lincoln County this morning. 13 great kids. I mean, just really, really brilliant. And um, so, yeah, so that's, how, that's what's got me motivated. Well, first of all, you know, I, I think, you know, just listening to your passion, you know, that you talked about just a minute ago, that entrepreneurial passion coming through, it, 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 it's an opportunity for these kids really to change their family tree, right? Yes, and, yes. And that, that to me is just incredible. So how does it work? Does it, are, you're, are you, t- is it part of a class in these schools, yeah, how does that? Yeah. talk a little bit about that. Um, basically, I go in and I coordinate. Um, well, step one is I, I contact either the CTE administrator or the principal of the high school, and um, I tell them what I want to do. And then, usually, step two is I go in and brief the teachers, 
and tell them what I want to do. And then I leave it up to the schools to select the students they want involved. But I do give them some guidelines. And, uh, you know, the students have to fit a certain demographic profile. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because of the schools that I'm working in, um, every kid in the – Every kid in the school qualifies, you know. I mean, so student selection is the hardest part for me right now. That's why I push it off on the schools. Yeah. So anyway, this, the school selects students. I go in and I brief the students, tell them what I want to do. I give them the standards. I tell them that it's 100% mastery, meaning that, you know, they have to score so many points on each level in order to move to the next level. Mm. Um, and um, then uh, we, it kicks off with a workshop that I provide with um, Dr. Ben Ng, who is a marketing professor at Marshall. Yeah. And it's the design thinking workshop. And uh, from there, we do biweekly visits in the classroom hmm. um, and uh, just kind of move through the whole process. That's amazing. What, you know, you kind of talked about making this a statewide initiative. You've got the, mm-hmm. the backing support from the West Virginia uh, Board of Education, Department of Education. Department of Education, yeah. Uh, you know, what, what's the vision you have that kind of ties all those together? Where do you see this going? Well, first of all, I, I get asked this question like, okay, how do you scale? Mm-hmm. How, how do you go into every high school? Well, the answer is you don't. Um, I view my organization as kind of a, um, a force multiplier for schools that are already doing really, really good things. Mm-hmm. So I come in and, you know, I, again, working directly with the teachers, I figure out what they need in terms of entrepreneurial education. And uh, most of the time it's presentation literacy and um, networking, which is a whole nother piece I haven't really mentioned. But Mm. um, so from that point forward, we kind of change or um, adjust my curriculum based on the school's individual needs. Um, but the, the, the overwhelming, the, the networking piece, um, when we travel, we introduce these kids to business leaders in other states Hmm. and that creates a connection that becomes incredibly valuable as they work on their ideas. Uh, we, each kid has to set up a LinkedIn profile. And uh, the teachers kind of supervise that. And most of the teachers I work, I work with are the business teachers in the schools. Uh, so they're familiar with the process. Mm-hmm. But we created a uh, – I created a, a private LinkedIn group with uh, where it's just the students and CEOs. Uh, it's not big. It's like 30 people. Okay. Um, and Brad Smith, the CEO of Intuit, former – well, now I guess he still is the chairman of the board of Intuit. Yep. He was the first one to sign up. Wow. So, so these kids from Lincoln County or Poca or Sissonville or whatever, they get into the group and there are some ground rules. Don't get me wrong. There are ground rules. Mm-hmm. But they can message any of these CEOs. Uh, the CEOs are watching their product updates. So they have those connections. That's incredible. Um, I mean, seriously. I, I think Brad Smith, doesn't he have a, a connection with West Virginia University or West Virginia? With Marshall. Marshall, he, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, he graduated from Marshall. Okay. He's, he, was, he played football at Sarita Canova back in the day. Okay. And uh, he left. Uh, he graduated from Marshall's business school, I think in marketing. That's awesome. Uh, he ended up working for Pepsi and several large drink manufacturers and 
Uh, then he got into technology and worked his way up in Silicon Valley and ended up as a CEO of Intuit. I mean, what an opportunity that you're giving these young young people to uh, to connect and and you know ultimately build relationships. That's what network networking is all about. Absolutely. Right? So yeah, that's very yeah. cool. What's one of the? I mean, you mentioned the, the the fundraising, the money, the financial part of this project. Mm-hmm. But what's one of the biggest challenges outside of that that you face? Um, more and more, it's becoming time management. You know, as I go into more schools. Mm. Um, Honestly, I spend about two hours a day, at least two hours a day, kind of like massaging my calendar, like making sure I can make this appointment and that appointment. And and travel time is starting to be an issue, like driving between schools, you know. Nicholas County Career and Tech Center is an hour off I-79. And, you know, just getting from there back to here so I can make it to somewhere else, Mm. that's – that takes a lot of planning. So logistics is just, it's, it's a big headache right now. Yeah. And I can see, you know, even with the, uh, expeditions, you know, that's, that's gotta be a, a, a challenge with regard to time. But I, I love the, that expert experiential learning component, right? Especially mm-hmm. with these young yes. people. I, I would imagine that that's just mind blowing for them, you know, especially yeah. the, some of these kids in the rural areas that haven't been outside of the, you know, there's this region, let's just say that, right? Maybe they've been across the border, but haven't been out west and seen. Well, of that. the eight girls yeah. from Lincoln, five had never flown before. No kidding. And um, I won't say how many, but several had never left West Virginia. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's, um, you wow. put them on a plane, you fly them to Denver, um, and then you. we did a big loop. We flew to Denver, uh, did our business meetings, and then went down to um, Great Sand Dunes National Park, then mm. over to Mesa Verde National Park, and then up to Arches and awesome. back. You know, we hit, I don't know, eight or nine cities in Colorado and Utah. And uh, Well, there's, yeah. there's there's something that's about being, you know, 15,000 feet above the earth and looking down and saying, wow, I didn't know this was out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> let alone. Yeah. You know, I let, agree. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's so cool, man. I, I just really think that's neat. What's – um. What's one piece of advice you would give to young people, you know, if you could just give them, you know, somebody who's thinking about starting a business who may be listening to this episode today, and what's one piece of advice you would give them? Honestly, they should Google design thinking, and there's a lot of companies that are doing it. There's a lot of templates out there. Download a template and a lesson plan, learn it, and follow it, because you know, in the old days, like, you know, I was kind of like really active during the dot-com boom. That's how mm. old I am. Yeah. You know, I, I would help companies write business plans and, you know, kind of move through the startup process. Uh, so back in the old days, your your founding document was your business plan. And, you mm. you know, some of these things are like two inches thick with five-year cost revenue projections, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. And the fact is they were all pleasant works of fiction. Yeah, because right. the revenue model was always based on certain assumptions. Right. Whereas design thinking, you actually start with what's called a minimum viable product, an mm-hmm. MVP, and you go out and test it before you ever build it. So you're asking customers, like, what do you think of this prototype? And a prototype mm-hmm. could be something really crude. I mean, like build out of Legos or whatever, you know. Um, and that way, by the time it comes to start spending money actually making something or providing a service, you have already identified a customer base mm. that will allow you to not make something that no one will buy. Awesome. You know, that, yep. So yes, 
follow the design great, thinking process. Great advice. I love that. Uh, ec- excellent stuff. What's one book you would recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? I'm sorry, you broke up on me there. Could you what, repeat? Yeah, what's one book you would recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? Freakonomics. Yes. <laughs> Got a great podcast, too. Really? Yeah, sure they do. do. Yeah, for uh, sure. Either Freakonomics or Super Freakonomics. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I, li- I like them both, but Freakonomics is probably the best. That's yeah. great. We have a, uh, a link on our resources page for PositivelyWV.com. We have all the books that people have recommended over the last almost two years now. So we'll make sure that the, I don't think that one's been recommended yet, but we'll make sure that's up there. Zach, I got a question for you with regard to leadership. I mean, obviously, you're you're a leader in your own right. You're you're leading these students through entrepreneurship and journey and 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 so forth with Standwatch Academy. What's what are some of the traits that you think or you know make up a good leader? Adaptability is one. Um, nothing ever goes as planned. No matter what you do, no matter what field you're in, mm. nothing ever goes as planned. So you have to be adaptable. Um, persistence. You have to believe in what you're doing and be able to stick it out through the hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, and humbleness, honestly. I mean, you have to you have to be willing to not be the loudest person in the room, not be the center of attention. Yeah. Um, you know, those three things are probably the, the things that yeah, matter the most. I, I really appreciate your insight on that. I want to kind of flip the question though, and and ask you know because you've got you're dealing with uh, a lot of young minds right now, uh, yeah. and, and some of these folks are potential leaders, and maybe they already are showing leadership qualities in their in their own right. But what does it take to be a great follower? Mm-hmm. Great question. Great question. Um, such a great question. I don't know if I have an answer on the top of my head. <laughs> I think part of it, though, is it goes back to being humble, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, and assuming that you're not necessarily the smartest person in the room, and yeah. that you can always learn from somebody, even that, even if that person is an introvert. Yeah. Uh, if that introvert ever gets put in a leadership position, he or she may have incredibly insightful you know, perspectives on a whole bunch of things. So if you aren't humble, uh, you'll, you'll miss that. Um, mm-hmm. but being a fo- being a great follower is just as important as being a great leader yeah. and you can't have one without the other. Frankly. I agree with you. Yeah. Thanks for that insight on that topic as well. Zach, uh, in closing, how, how can our listeners learn more about Stand Watch Academy and what you're doing, and maybe get plugged in. Maybe they want to, you know, be a sponsor, or con- you know, connect on some level. What's the best way for them to do that? Um, they can, well, obviously the website, www.standwatch.org. Mm-hmm. Um, they can reach out to me. My email's on the site, so I don't mind giving it out on the podcast. It's Zach at standwatch.org. If they want to reach out via email, that's great. Uh, I reply to every email I get. Awesome. And, um, so those are the two best ways. Uh, I we spend a lot of time on our website trying to make sure there's a you know a depth of information there. They can watch the documentary. I would frankly I would start with a documentary. Yeah. Take 52 minutes out of your day, yep. um, and and watch it from beginning to end, and it it tells the story. Yeah, very, very absolutely. Well. I, I I recommend that too. And we'll have links to all that stuff in the show notes. And I I recommend that the documentary too. It's very well done. And I. 
I thought to myself, do I have 52 or 53 minutes to watch? Yes. But I was like, I, I want to watch this. And I, and I just, yeah. it, it goes by so quick because it's a compelling story. So I right. definitely encourage folks. Did we leave anything out that you would like to convey uh, in this interview? No, no. I think uh, you, you covered all the, the hot buttons. Well, but, uh, yeah. Well, Zach, it's been a real honor to have you on the podcast today. Uh, I think what you're doing, obviously, I've said it several times, but I think it's really great, and I'm enthused for you, and I, I wish you well. I think it's a noble cause that you're doing, and, and I think this is it's it's essential in our state to keep this entrepreneurship on the front burner, getting kids involved, showing them the vision of what could be and what should be in West Virginia. So keep it up. I appreciate it. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by The State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like Zach Northup and Stand Watch Academy in Scott Depot, Tays Valley area of West Virginia, Our hope is that we in some way inspire and motivate our audience by sharing these success stories in West Virginia. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. Of course, we appreciate all of the comments, positive reviews, and encouragement that we're getting. It's uh, it's making a difference, uh, folks, so keep that up. And of course, we encourage you to share these stories on your social media channels as well. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia.